From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. One thing that's really, really important when dealing with clients and customers is communication. Just letting people know throughout the process kind of where you're at, um, how long things are going to be, just keeping them informed throughout the whole process so that they're not left wondering. And I think that adds a really um, personal touch to a business and really helps to develop um, a good client rapport and a good relationship with the people that you're working with. So um, that is one thing that I think is very important. Today we're chatting with Keegan of Lemon Drops Reclaimed. You are likely familiar with Keegan not only for her refinishing talents, but also because she has been on the podcast before as a member of the Furniture Diaries discussing the Zebra Diaries contest. We're excited to announce that Keegan is our October 2019 featured artist on thezebrablog.com. Today we're going to take time to learn more about Keegan, her work, and discuss how to work with clients efficiently and effectively. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, hello, Keegan. It's so great to have you back on the podcast to talk about you and, of course, to share your knowledge of furniture finishing. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Very good. I'm so honored to be uh, on the podcast today and to have been asked to uh, be the feature for October. Well, it's a privilege to have you on the podcast and it's a privilege to have you featured on our blog. So we're excited about that. Thank you so much. And hiding behind the scenes to be our fact checker is Jessica with Blue Teaches Furniture. And I say fact checker because you see Jess is a good friend of Keegan's and knows a great deal about her. We thought it would be fun to have them both on together. Welcome, Jess. Hi. Thanks for having me. And I'll make sure that Keegan gives proper facts. and Absolutely. Check, hey, listen, check so, those. So the, so the Nothing's going to sneak that, by me. <laughs> bingo. So the rules are that Jess will chime in at any point during our conversation <laughs> with Keegan to either affirm, correct, build up, or jokingly humiliate her. Seriously, oh, no. we are, we're only joking, Keegan, all as well. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, now I'm really nervous. <laughs> You'll do uh, great, Keegan. Keegan, Keegan, now let's get some understanding of geography here. You live in Whitby, which is outside of Toronto? Yep, it's about 45 minutes outside of Toronto, just east of Toronto. Okay. Now, Jess, you live in Ottawa, so how far is that from Keegan? Uh, I'd say about three hours. Yeah. Oh, wow. Three or four, depending on how chaotic our highways are. Our highways in Canada are not quite as efficient as the highways in the U.S. It depends on which city you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, the ones in Ontario anyways. Well, okay, you both have to give me a quick weather report and tell our listeners what you guys are working on today as well. And I would like to add, because I'm not smart enough to convert from Celsius to Fahrenheit in my head, I have this really cool app on my phone. So when you guys give me your temps, I'm going to share them in Fahrenheit. Okay, why don't you go first, Keegan? Um, it is rainy here. I think it's about plus eight, maybe eight degrees. When I dropped my daughter off this morning, I think that's what it said in the truck. Um, so it's not too cold, but not too warm, but gray and cloudy and gloomy. Um, now wait a minute. You said eight, (laughs) did you say eight degrees Celsius? Eight degrees Celsius. So I think that's probably, I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit. Is that 54? That's what I just looked up. Okay, oh. now wait a minute. I've got an app. <laughs> Man, you stole my sorry. thunder. <laughs> so, sorry, Lane. I have no idea what no. it is in Fahrenheit. Actually, Lane, can actually, you tell us? 
<laughs> I'm actually kind of impressed because you said 50 something, but actually what showed up on my little apps as 46 degrees oh. Fahrenheit. So that, that's, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. It's not too bad for here for, uh, for October. Um, really? The mornings have been around the zero mark. So what's that? for you guys like 30 something well 32 yeah if it's zero that's 32 for sure so wow so it's not too bad we've had a few colder days than that um i can live with this weather i don't mind it well yeah it's it's like 66 degrees here it's raining 66 (laughs) degrees now (laughs) i've got a problem because this app doesn't do it the other way around i don't think so i was trying to figure out I think that, you know what, that's about 20 degrees Celsius for you guys. Okay. So that gives yeah. you kind of an idea. That's so the perfect you, weather. It, it really is. It is It is nice if it wasn't raining, but it, the sun's yeah. supposed to come out this afternoon, so we're looking forward to that. So what are you working on today, Keegan? Um, I am actually just finishing up a big buffet um, or sideboard, I guess. I'm, I'm just papering the drawers. I, um, I'm at home with my little my little guy today, so I can't do much painting. Um, so when I can't paint outside, I usually do the small finicky things inside, like, um, paper the drawers or, mm-hmm. uh, work on the hardware, or maybe some staging, but it's too dark and gloomy to stage today and photograph. So, um, yeah. I'm just going to tackle some drawer liners, I think today. Well, it sounds like you're very efficient. <laughs> I have to be, <laughs> I have to be, it's a nap time hustle kind of thing over here. <laughs> uh, now, how old is your little guy? He is, um, 15 months. So oh, he's, wow. he's busy. Um, so I can only really do things, get, get things done when he's sleeping. Um, yeah. So I got to take advantage of nap time usually. Well, Jess, it's your turn. Tell us the, the uh, weather there and what you're working on. So it's essentially the same as Keegan's. It's 13 degrees here and rainy. Um, and today I'm not, I'm working on a home project. Um, I'm, completely renovating the kitchen in a DIY format. Um, So everything, so far the cost of completely changing around the kitchen has been under $100. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to change the faucet today. So (laughs) wish me luck. Jess, (laughs) Jess, Kyle's not around for any plumbing questions you might have. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle's my husband. (laughs) Kyle's my husband, and he's a um, plumber by trade. And when Jess does her vanity, sometimes she asks Kyle for some tips because he kind of knows his way around that stuff. So, um, but he's not accessible today, Jess. So hopefully your faucet <laughs> thing goes well without him. Well, okay, nice. maybe I'll hold off. <laughs> I, I have to say I'm impressed. So you're you're doing um, the plumbing, Jessica? Is that that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I. <laughs> well, so I have some experience because I make the vanities, yeah. the vanity sinks, um, and again, Kyle's my my expert that I go to um, and he's very helpful and then adds on extra knowledge that where I go blank and don't understand what he's saying, but he's super helpful. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to attempt it. My, I rent. So my superintendent is uh, nearby. So he's aware that I'm doing this and um, (laughs) probably knows not to go too far. (laughs) Well, you know, you always have YouTube uh, that, yeah. you can, that you can use as a backup. <laughs> Those are I, really helpful. They're so helpful. You can tackle anything these days with just a quick YouTube video. So yeah. that's probably what I'll be doing. 
Well, our listeners definitely love inspiring stories of how folks take the plunge into a new business to become successful. Keegan, you are no less of an inspiration for sure. So tell us how you got started into furniture refinishing. Oh, thank you. Um, so I actually started during my mat leave with my first child. Um, I We had bought a sort of a builder grade home and I wanted to do some updates throughout. So the first project I ever tackled was our um, master vanity, mm. master bathroom vanity. Um, I pulled it all apart, all the doors off, and I sanded it, and I painted it, and I um, sealed it, and I put it back on. And I was so um, overwhelmed and impressed by the impact that paint could have on something mm -hmm. that I, I just couldn't stop there really. Um, and when I was doing it, it was such a soothing thing for me. I felt it, like brushing the paint on felt so therapeutic. So mm -hmm. I, I decided to pick up a few small pieces that I had found um, online and try painting them for the house as well. And then uh, my husband convinced me to try listing some stuff on, I guess, probably it was Kijiji at the time. And things sold quickly, so I just kind of kept going and haven't looked back. And I love it. I still love it so much. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So you you were using it because you enjoyed it. You uh, it was a therapy, and your husband saw dollar signs. <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of how it goes around here. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true for a lot of couples. I think that's that's yeah. funny. Now, now, what's your? Do you have a creative background? Um, not really. I I. I don't have an art background at all. I've always kind of enjoyed um, like just playing around with crafts and stuff like that when I was younger. Um, I was very kind of into fashion in my 20s. Um, mm -hmm. And then after I had kids, that kind of um, transitioned into home decor. I, I guess over the last, over the last, I haven't even had kids, but same. yeah, I think it's, I think it's like an age thing. As you get older, yeah. it transitions. You stop caring about clothes and you care more about yeah. your house. But I, um, I definitely have kind of found a passion for, um, interior design and I love, uh, researching that and kind of putting my ideas into the works in my own home. Um, so I think it's kind of, um, snowballed into more of a creative life than I ever had before. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I find it really, really satisfying and really, really um, fulfilling. And you have such a good eye, like just a natural eye for like interior design and the colors you choose. Like you, you're just really talented. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of other people would agree with Jess on that because um, oh. the, the work you turn out is, is really, really beautiful. I mean, from from actually the refinishing uh, to the staging as well and those liners that you put in those drawers, they, they um, I, I love the photographs you take, those close-ups of those. Are, those are really oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah, the, actually the drawer liners are one of my favorite parts. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love I love choosing them and like pairing them with the the paint color I've chosen. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole process. So you're so you actually, and this may be true of most. I, I don't know you, Jess. You can clarify this as well. But do you pick the the drawer liners and that inspires you for the colors, or how does that work, kind of hand in hand? Sometimes, um, usually I pick the color first, and I choose a color based on, I guess how I see the piece looking in the end. Um, and then I sort of, I guess I like to pull, usually try to pull um, the color of the piece 
mm-hmm. or a, a color from the paper to go with the piece. So if the piece is black, I like the paper to have a little bit of black in it so that they yeah. tie together. Um, but I think I'm just really obsessed with prints and like even fabrics too. I, I love prints. So that I find just adds an, a little extra oomph to the piece. Do you ever use fabric for the drawer liners or is it primarily just uh, printed uh, printed patterns on paper? No, I've never used fabric. Um, I always use, actually, I get asked so often uh, what I use. If I use <laughs> wallpaper or gift wrap. I think every time I post a picture, somebody asks me what I use and what I use to adhere the paper. But um, I always use wrapping paper. Um, there's a an online source called Spoonflower, and I actually don't know if they sell gift wrap anymore, but um, it's it's a little bit extra thick, so mm-hmm. it lays really nicely in the drawer. Um, but lately, I've been picking up paper anywhere I see it. If I like a print, I just grab it and I'll use it. Um, so it's always been paper for me. Yeah. So for folks that are listening, they heard you say spoon. Did you say spoon flower? It's yeah, spoon like spoon, fork, knife, and then flower. It's all all one word. Um, and I think it's just an online source, and it's like like a collection of different artists, um, I believe, that showcase their. Um, their prints. So I think they Mm do wallpaper, gift wrap, and they also do fabric as well, I think. Mm, Okay. So Keegan, you mentioned that you have a 15 month old, um, you have other children as well. Yeah, I have another daughter and she is five. Um, her name's Lennon and Jess knows her fairly well too. (laughs) (laughs) She's so cute. Yeah. We FaceTime. She's oh, very cute, but she yeah. is very cute, but she's feisty too. So <laughs> she, she keeps me on my toes. <laughs> so let me ask you this, uh, with respect to, you know, the fact that you started into refinishing and you have a family now, what, what was, what was the most difficult hurdle for you to overcome in starting your own business? Um, I think probably just finding the time to really concentrate on it. And I still struggle with that. Um, I do most of my work in the evenings or on the weekends or during nap time. Um, and I have become, I guess, really good at um, optimizing my time and working efficiently to get things done mm-hmm. during nap times or um, on the weekends when I have my husband home and he can take the kids for the day. I do a lot of prep work on the weekends so that during the week I can go out and paint um, during nap time or in the evening and I don't have to disturb anybody. The neighbors mm. don't have to hear my sander going or anything like that. <laughs> so it's still, it's still a work in progress. Um, and as my business has grown, I've gotten busier. So time becomes even more important or time management becomes even more important. So um, I still struggle with it, but uh, my little guy, it'll be soon enough. He'll be in school and I'll be wishing he was little again. So I try not to wish the time away, but I do, I do, I can't wait for the days where I can focus just primarily on uh, my business during the day. So yeah, Yeah. you gotta, you gotta get Lachlan to work. I do. Yeah. (laughs) Help you prep the pieces. Yeah. I'm not sure how well that would go over. (laughs) So I noticed that uh, on your Instagram account, you have a new logo. Tell us about your new I logo. I do. Yeah. Um, actually, so what I was using before was just something that I had kind of designed myself. It was really simple. It just said my name. And this year, I set some big goals for myself. Um, and one of them was to have um, some professional branding done. Mm-hmm. I wanted um, a unique logo 
and I wanted a unique business card, um, something that was sort of um, really depicted what my business is about. So we, when I worked with the agency I worked with, they wanted to kind of focus on the aspect of how green refinishing is, that it's that we're taking a product and we're saving it from mm-hmm. the landfill and recycling. So that's kind of where the um, inspiration for the logo came from, the little tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my business card, which I haven't uh, shared yet, um, actually has a lot of floral print on it, um, which is very me as well. And ev- anybody who kind of knows and follows along with my work knows how much I love florals. So... Um, yeah, it all came together really well. It incorporated all of my favorite colors, blues and some soft um, beigey pink and a little bit of green. So I'm really, really happy with how it all turned out. Yeah. It's so pretty. I love all hey. of them. And I've, I've, I've gotten a sneak peek of the card and it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I hope, you, hope you take a photograph of that and put that on your Instagram yeah, as well. I will. Yeah, it's really nice. Congratulations. It, it's really a lot of fun. Branding is is exciting. And especially as you develop and grow your business and you've got this image that represents you and your business. So, um, yeah, well, accolades for that. Well, let's talk about a few of your pieces, starting with a piece that you refer to as the beast. Tell us about oh, yes. it and why you call it the beast. Oh, my gosh, that piece is huge. I think that's maybe one of the biggest pieces I've ever done, and it weighed so much. Um, I have a friend who's, I guess her in-laws were downsizing, and they wanted to get rid of um, that piece, and then there was a matching china cabinet to go with it. Um, She asked if I wanted it, and, of course, the piece itself is gorgeous and so unique. I hadn't ever seen a sideboard that looked like that, so... I snatched it up and uh, we brought it home and it sat in my garage for a while because I was nervous to tackle it because it was so huge. Mm. Um, But um, I knew I kind of wanted to do something dark and moody on it. So that's where the color came from. Um, And surprisingly, that piece sold really, really quickly. I thought that it would sit because of how big it was, Mm. but um, I think it sold maybe within 24 hours of posting it. So um, somebody else saw the beauty in it too, I guess. You know, it, when you call it the beast, is it primarily because of size or is it really heavy as well? Both. It was, it was like a lot of the people that I live in and around, we all kind of live in subdivision homes. So there's not a ton of space. Uh Um, So I, I thought with it being so large for a sideboard, like tall, it's pretty tall and, pretty long, um, that it would be hard to incorporate into someone's home, but, um, it worked out. And then, yes, it was very heavy as well. I don't, I don't know what it weighed, but it was very heavy, <laughs> like a saw a very solid piece of furniture. Actually, I think it might've been made in Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was just going to ask you if yeah. you knew anything about the history of the piece. Uh, any, any ideas on, on the date? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was maybe 80 years old or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and then when I was looking at some of the hardware had said made in Germany, so I don't know if the piece itself was too, there was no stamp on it or anything that I saw. Um, but it was not something that I've ever seen here, Mm -hmm. that, that style of piece that I've seen here. So I'm not sure where it originated. I, I'm, I'm just going to pretend Germany. (laughs) That sounds nice. (laughs) Yeah. I wish they came with the history of it, like a little note inside and i think they probably do but people lose it over time they lose them yeah yeah um what what color did you use for that what pink color 
Um, that was a custom mix. I think, you know what, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what color. I just mixed <laughs> a bunch because I wanted kind of a blue-black. And it ended right. up it ended up more of a sorry, I wanted a, like a blue gray. And I guess it did end up being like a bluish gray, more mm-hmm. of a deep gray. Um, but yeah, that was a custom mix. And if you ask me to give you the recipe, I could not do that to save my life. <laughs> I, I never still, write these things down. I know. I, I know. And then I still always ask. Yeah. <laughs> that's always your answer. Yeah. And then I try again and it's still the same answer. <laughs> yeah. I should learn, I guess. Eh? <laughs> or maybe I should learn. <laughs> yeah. Keegan, what brand of paint did you use for this piece? Um, that was fusion mineral paint. Uh, that's the paint that I use the most often because it, um, that's the paint I've been using since I started really. And it's kind of my go-to it's, I love, I love how it paints, how it, the coverage, I love, Mm -hmm. um, the finish. It gives a nice clean, uh, solid finish. So that's, that's kind of my go-to. And I believe that's what I used on that piece. And it doesn't look like there was, and I'm not looking at a close up. Did, Did you do any distressing on it or did you just keep it solid? Um, I don't think that there was any distressing. I don't do a lot of distressing on my pieces. Um, only really if clients request it, but mm-hmm. otherwise I like just kind of a clean finish with, with no distressing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, it's kind of a style you've developed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next piece looks to be a mix between a table and a secretary desk. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. But, um, what's the story on this project? So that piece I just picked up off of a buy and sell site, um, a local buy and sell site. And I was drawn to the legs of, on it. Um, so I picked it up. I think it was fairly inexpensive. And again, it sat because I wasn't really sure what color I wanted to paint it. And then um, I ended up choosing a color by Old Barn Milk Paint. Um, they had sent me some milk paint to try out and I really liked the color. That one does have some chipping. You can't see it, I don't think, in the picture. A lot of it is sort of on the side mm-hmm. of the piece. And yeah, the top does flip open to um, a secretary desk. So it's a, it's kind of a unique piece too. Yeah, I've never seen one like this. I don't know if this is more common and I'm just not familiar with it. But it is it is really neat because when it's closed, it looks like just a little side table. Uh, yeah. And then when you open it up, it's got those neat compartments. And I like how you um, kept the wood finish inside. It's, it's really pretty. Yeah, those things are really hard to paint. And I did hand paint that one. So it's sometimes I like to leave the inside, especially if it's in good shape, mm-hmm. um, just, just for a little added depth and character. So, yeah. So this you picked up. So you, have you sold this piece already? Actually, that piece lives at my sister's house. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I get to go. Yeah, she ended up buying it from me. So I get to visit it all the time. Gotcha. Does she use it as a desk or as a side table? I think it's it's in her sort of, her kitchen is kind of open concept and it's in there. I think she just kind of decorates the top. I don't think she has anything on the inside of it. I don't know if I would use it as a desk if it were mine either, but um, it's it's kind of great closed and as a as an accent table. Yeah it's, yeah, it's so versatile. Yeah. It's probably a good little place to store a few things. Is it, it's probably, is it a little too low uh, to be comfortable for a desk, you think? Yeah, I don't think you could sit at it. Maybe a child could sit mm-hmm. at it and play, but I, I don't, don't think an adult could do, could sit there and do work or anything. Yeah. Well, this last piece we'll discuss is actually um, a commission project consisting of a suite of three pieces. Tell us about uh, this suite, uh, Keegan. It's really beautiful. Yeah, so that set um, consisted of a large sideboard, a china cabinet, and then an accent table. 
Um, and the client brought them all to me. She wasn't sure what she wanted um, done to them. And then we ended up deciding to go with black just because it's classic and clean and it fit in with her decor. And when she brought them to me, I don't, I could not pick my jaw up off the floor because of this, the barley twist legs. I, I'm such a sucker for barley twist legs and I couldn't wait to tackle them because there's, I find them so fun to paint. They're really hard to prep and they take a lot of time to sand and prep, but painting them is so fun. So, um, we ended up going with black and we kept the original, uh, brass hardware and just polished that up and, I don't think we papered any of the drawers on those ones, um, but we they had been in her family for quite some time. I think that they were her great-grandparents' pieces, mm. so um, they definitely had some sentimental meaning to her, too. And, and did you paint that in fusion? Uh, I believe so, yes. That was fusion's coal, coal black, mm. yeah. Well, very pretty. Yeah, I, I love them. I think that's those are my... The, the um, sideboard in particular is my favorite piece I've ever painted, just because it was such a pleasure to paint. I'm curious on, on the time of this, how much time did you have to, to get all three of these finished? That, that had to be a lot of work. Um, I think she was one of those very um, easy to work with clients who said, just take your time. I'm in no rush. Just get to it when you can. And I, I think I gave her sort of a long time frame and then ended up getting them back to her quite quickly because I couldn't help myself. I just really wanted to paint them. So I, I, I might have bumped her above some other clients to get them done because I wanted to paint them so badly. But I think the whole set maybe took me four weeks. Mm. But then again, that's I don't have full time to, to go at it. I don't have every day, all day to go at my pieces. So four weeks is pretty quick yeah. turnaround time for me. Keegan, I was just wondering what brush you used for the the barley twist legs. Oh, the round brush for sure. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> zebra round brush. Uh, I, I, yeah. I knew she used it, so I thought I would ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that the round brush is so great for piece, uh, for like details like that, yeah. or or little like recessed details where you have to really get in the round brush. Oh, it's my favorite. Mm, very <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's a great brush. Right. Yeah, it is. Well, very good. That that makes the the entire zebra team very happy. <laughs> They're probably high fiving as they listen to this. <laughs> well, I think discussing this suite of furniture pieces that you refinished uh, segues nicely into our podcast topic of how to work with clients efficiently and effectively. As you obviously had to work with a client closely to make sure they were happy with this process, Keegan, you have a list you follow when working with clients that you want to share with our listeners and just please add to Keegan's comments as well and share your own suggestions as we go through this as you also work closely with clients on commission pieces. Yeah, so I, um, I'm i not sure if I have a list, but I do have things that I always sort of keep in mind when dealing with clients that I think are important. Um, a lot of the jobs that I've had in the past are have been customer service-based jobs. So I've worked in retail, I've worked um, as a waitress, I worked for years, um, in a hospital working with breast cancer patients. So mm. all of my jobs have been very focused on the client or I guess in, in the hospital setting, the patient, mm. uh, where you, you really want to take care of people. So I think one thing that's really, really important when dealing with clients and customers is communication. Just letting people know throughout the process kind of where you're at, um, how long things are going to be, just keeping them informed throughout the whole process so that they're not left wondering. And I think that adds a really um, personal touch to a business and really helps to develop um, a good 
client rapport and a good relationship with the people that you're working with. So um, that is one thing that I think is very important. Other things, I think um, being available to your clients if they have questions or concerns, making sure that you get back to them in a timely manner, um, not le- not leaving them to sit and wait for days and days to hear back from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is something that I kind of pride myself on. And it's difficult when you have a family to manage both, but um, I try to make sure that I get back to my clients in a, a timely manner so that they're not left wondering or like left as a sitting duck waiting to hear back from me. They get, they get their answer fairly quickly. So, mm-hmm. And then just honesty and not over-promising things, being upfront about timelines and uh, expectations. If you, if you lay out your, your expectations and you know the expectations of the client, then it's more likely in the end that they're going to end up being satisfied with the whole process. So those are, those are a few things. Those are really good. And and I think that, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking of as you were sharing these is that you you really have to know your personality bents, um, good or, or, um, negatives. And, you know, if you're a procrastinator, I would think you'd have to work really hard, uh, to make sure that you're diligent, um, as you work with clients to, to communicate and keep them informed. So I think that yeah. you know, knowing who you are and what your bents are when you're going into business is, is helpful so that, you know, it shows you how to sort of, you need to redirect in some areas maybe that you wouldn't normally naturally, you know, uh, do well in. Yeah. And I think stuff like little things like that go a long way too. I know for me as a customer, I, I want to know sort of what's going on or where I'm at, or I want to be, I want the service or the um, person who's looking after me to touch base with me and let me know so I'm not left in the dark. So I feel like that's, um, I want to do that for my clients mm-hmm. too. And they become our friends. Like with a small business, you can't help yeah. but get to know your customers. You're working on a piece that usually has huge sentimental value to them. That's why they don't want to get rid of it, you know, and then they're trusting you to do a good job updating it. So yeah, like you said, like communication is so key and um and then just creating like a bond mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's, for sure and that's huge you know um creating that bond that relationship with them you know they really become your mouthpiece uh for marketing you know i mean a client that it's happy it's is gonna talk you know i mean that, that's, yep. that's the way it works word of mouth mm-hmm. word of mouth for small businesses is huge and and honestly that's a lot of how i built my business um is is word of mouth a lot of my clients have come from referrals from other people. So that, yeah, making sure that your customers are happy is very important. Yeah, that's such a good point. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, the majority of my customers found me through someone else. And even though, you know, I try to market myself online and, and things like that, very rarely do they come just out of the blue. It's usually yeah. from someone who recommended someone. Yeah, exactly. So, Keegan, what do you do if a customer is dissatisfied? What do you recommend we do as refinishers? So I think it's important that uh, people feel heard. They want to know that you're listening to them and you're taking in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think it's important to um, come back to them and suggest uh, solutions. So um, you can provide a couple different solutions to the problem, whether it's, I don't know, a full refund or if it's a discount or saying that you'll fix the problem for free. I think people have probably different solutions situations that they'd have to be in to offer those different remedies. But um, I also think it's a good idea to maybe 
lay out scenarios for yourself as a business owner. Um, so you know in what type of scenario would you give a full refund and in what type of scenario would you offer a discount? Or um, in what type of scenario do you feel like you're just being walked all over? Because that does happen too. I know a lot of people have been taken advantage of by clients and customers because, I don't know if it is because you're a small business and you feel like you have to go above and beyond to make people happy, Mm. um, that that sometimes you just give too much. But I think it's a good idea to lay out different scenarios, um, write them down so that you have them documented for yourself, and then you can refer back to that Mm. uh, if you are ever in that predicament. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point about like, you know, 99% of customers are going to be happy. And then there's going to be, you know, the 0.1% or 1% that maybe, you know, have an issue. And, you know, amongst those, it's important to assess, like, are they being reasonable? Like, is this something? And then, you know, and I think one of the hardest parts for me is, um, you know, even if they aren't, being reasonable, just trying to, you know, because like you said, you your small business is personal. It's your personality out there. It's your yeah. artwork, and and knowing that you know this person is just literally trying to take advantage of you for a deal and take advantage of your kindness and know when to sort of say like I'm sorry, like this is all I can do for you. You know, that's that's my biggest challenge. I think is is knowing that you know everything I've done has been reasonable. Yeah, I think it's hard to um, differentiate between it being personal or it feeling personal and it being like your business and this is your bread and butter. So um, like I said, laying out those kind of scenarios in which case you'd give a a full discount, which case you'd give a a refund or like a, a, sorry, a full refund or versus a discount Mm -hmm. um, is is, would be helpful if you are ever in that situation. And yeah. I do think it's important to apologize too, whether you feel like you're in the wrong or not, people, again, people want to be heard. So if you say, I apologize, and I'm sorry you feel that way, and then you offer solutions to the problem and figure out together, I think that often really calms people down and they become a lot more reasonable with you and are willing to listen to your side of it as well. Yeah, it, it diffuses them, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just want to feel like someone's listening to them a lot of the time, too, yeah. I find. Yeah. And then in those situations, too, where I get confused, um, you know, I always go to my friends and, you know, ask them what they would do um, and come, you know, it's nice to have friends to talk to. And I know there's like Facebook groups out there, too, that you can present the situation and a bunch of refinishers will provide guidance, too. So as you're growing and learning, there's there's some resources out there for help too. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean it's a it's all a learning experience, and I think that everybody probably has their own way of dealing with these things. Um, and and each scenario is different too. So a, a customer might come to you angry about something that you've never dealt with before. So um, it's all something that as a small business owner, you just kind of have to learn as you go. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I think part I would think part of it, too, would be and this is a challenge for everybody is is to when a client gets upset is not to necessarily take it personal, especially especially yeah. if it's not characteristic of of he or she, because, you know, you never know what somebody's going through. I mean, they could have gotten bad news yep. or something else is is on their mind. And unfortunately, the timing is is has put them, you know, right there with with you. Um, 
And so that, that makes it really difficult. But I think all the things that you guys have laid out really um, do help diffuse any kind of uh, negative response that a client may have toward your work. You know, have either of you had to change colors on a piece uh, due to a client's change of mind? Um, I, yes, I think I have. Um, and again, that's kind of hard because it's difficult. Even if you show a customer or a client a color sample, it's not always going to look exactly that Mm -hmm. way, uh, on the piece, depending on maybe the tone of the wood or a lot of, for me, a lot of my business is done online. So customers and clients don't see things in person. They pick a color based on something they see online. So that's not always accurate either. Uh, so I think there was, there was one instance where, um, a client had chosen a red and it wasn't quite the red she wanted. She wanted something a little bit deeper. So I did end up repainting it for her. And in that, uh, situation, that client has been a very good client of mine. I've done several pieces Mm -hmm. for her. Um, she's, she's given my name to friends. So I did do that for free. Um, which I think is completely fair personally. I don't know if everybody would agree with that, but I think that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's not a one size fit all like, no, you know, we, we put forth contracts and stuff, but then sometimes, you know, you show them a color and you realize they picked it online. It doesn't look similar. So, you know, maybe, and you assess the situation, whether, you know, it should be done free of charge or, you know, if they've had ample opportunity and then just sort of switch gears at the last minute, you know, that yeah. you're happy to change it, but then maybe you would just charge more for, or the extra for the extra labor and costs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's, there's never a one size fit all in this <laughs> business at no, all. No, it's true. <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> so true. We're always looking for formulas, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. 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 Do either of you have any horror client stories that you want to tell here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I have had, for the most part, I have had amazing clients um, throughout my four years in business. I have had a couple of nightmare clients, um, one in which I ended up as my mom would say, firing. (laughs) I I think I told, I told her, I just, I couldn't work with her anymore. Um, Her demands were too much. And the time that she was consuming, like far too much of my time flipping back and forth. So I just said, I, I unfortunately couldn't take her on. And if she wanted to work with somebody else, I could give her a few other names, but I, I, uh, that was my worst one. I've been pretty fortunate and I've had really amazing clients over the years. Mm. So it's good. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you, you Jess, handled you've that had well. A, you've had a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, had a few. Yeah, yeah you've had a few. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's city life. I think yeah. there's, there's a larger array of types of customers that can, <laughs> you can reach in the city. So yeah, I've had a few, uh, a few interesting ones <laughs> that they, yeah. I don't want to relive that. <laughs> okay, well, we, yeah. we, won't, yeah. we won't do that here. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't want to hear Jessica crying and <laughs> through the, yeah. through yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Get out your Kleenexes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's one of the things for me is like, I'll, like you mentioned, Lane, like you've, I shouldn't, people shouldn't take things personally. And, um, you know, I, I want everyone to be happy so badly. So it always does personally uh, affect me. And it's something I definitely need to work on. I think, I think dealing with customers is probably one of the most challenging aspects of this business because yes, we, we are putting our, our art and our 
like something that we put our heart and soul into out there for mm-hmm. people to critique. So um, it's it's hard to take the personal aspect out of it. Um, and unfortunately, our work is judged by our clients and our customers. So um, it's yeah, it's hard. Well, you know, that por- that portion of it really does consist of your highs and lows, doesn't it? I mean, when you got your customers yeah. see something you've worked hard on and they're just like, oh, this is just I'm so happy, especially when they take it home and put it in their their dining room or bedroom. Uh, but but yeah. that and that's the highs, but then the lows are when they pick it up and they're like, oh, it's just not the color that I thought it was going to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily those things haven't, like the majority of the stories are usually people that aren't your customers, like the ones that are your pre-customers mm-hmm. and you can sort of weed them out, like the ones on Kijiji or Facebook yeah. Marketplace. And usually those people, it's price-based too. Like those people are people who want to haggle the price with you and, and that can get kind of um, touchy too. But uh, that's a whole uh, different topic. <laughs> you, guys, you guys need to do a how-to on pricing. Yeah, actually we did do a podcast on pricing and it was with uh, Crystal with the Driftwood Home. And uh, so I'd encourage our listeners to go back and find that episode. Uh, she offered great insight on pricing your pieces Plus, she offers a pricing formula guide that is available on her website as well. We'll definitely have to do more podcasts on pricing. I think there's plenty of uh, opportunity there to discuss pricing further. So, Keegan, was speaking of like Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace, do you, yep. do you have customers that negotiate price? And if so, what do you do about that? Um, so I think I, a lot of my pieces now sell from my uh, social media, which thankfully that I like, I love that, that I don't have to list them for sale on these buy and sell sites. But, um, I, if they don't sell via my social media platforms, then I usually go to either Facebook marketplace or Virage sale. And yes, people do haggle, but, and, and I am sometimes willing to give a discount depending on how long the piece has sat or how much space I have in my workshop. Um, but generally, people don't ask for much of a discount anymore. Um, I don't know if it's just because maybe people recognize my work a little bit more now or because my community's small. So luckily, I don't really deal with that that much anymore. Um, in the beginning, yes, and it, it is hard to say no to people. Um, but then you have to remember how much work you've put into it and how much time and effort um, that you've put into it and not sell yourself short this has been incredibly informative, Keegan, and just we appreciate you joining us to fact check Keegan. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did good, Keegan. I uh, catch I you in totally any so, does, does Keegan get an A plus, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, A plus. Well, just you as well added a great deal to the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you both. Thank you so much for having me. Again, I'm so honored to be featured this month. Um, I've been following along since you guys started, I think, in 2018, and I'm so happy to have been chosen. Well, we're we're happy to feature you. And uh, for those that would like to check out Jessica further, we did a feature on her as well. So just go to thezebrablog.com, and you can check out uh, previous features, and you can certainly check out this month's feature of Keegan with Lemon Drops Reclaim. Well, we hope you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Lane. You too. Listening friends, don't forget the Zebra Diaries October 2019 theme contest is pink in honor of breast cancer awareness. So make sure you tag your pink pieces with the Zebra Diaries hashtag. 
On behalf of Zebra and the Furniture Diaries members that make up the Zebra Diaries, we want to thank Paint Couture for agreeing to partner with us this month, the month of October, by offering a generous array of Paint Couture paint products to the first, second, and third place winners. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zebra Blog's Before and After Furniture Finishing Podcast. Today's episode is also featured on the zebrablog.com along with contact information for today's guest. Your comments and suggestions for future episodes are always welcome, and we encourage you to share those by clicking on the podcast slide in our header at thezebrablog.com. That's the zebra with an I.com. Thanks for listening and happy refinishing. Thank you.